Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to episode number 49 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast that is 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and uh, I will be your host for the remainder of this episode, however long it's going to be. And joining joining me in studio here is uh, the lovely Miss Heather Brask. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Thank you. You? Uh, it's going okay. I'm a little, I'm getting over being sick a little bit. You've had the funk. I've had the funk. I'm still uh, still getting the funk cleaned out of my head. I feel great, but I just don't feel like I sound like myself. Um, we also have a conversation. Kaiju conversation? I have There's no name Kaiju-sation. for this. Kaiju-sation. <laughs> Kaiju-sation. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a roundtable discussion with uh, Bob Johnson, Butch Portillo, Barry Evans, and Kevin D'Antonio. They're all a bunch of like Uber fans from the Bay Area who have had uh, varying awesome things happen in their life and everybody gets to hear them uh talk about the godzilla era of yesteryear in the bay area which is gently kyle gently it's a good it's a good it's a cool to hear at least um and uh, i hope you guys enjoy that we are of course going to play some music just as we always do and i think what we're going to do is because the Blu-ray from Criterion comes out for the original Godzilla film, we're going to start the show off with Storm on Odo Island from the original Godzilla.
And that second song uh, was Attack to the Dune, also by Akira Fukube. And that was from uh, Godzilla vs. The Thing, a.k.a. Mothra vs. Godzilla. And there's a reason that we played that as the second song, because uh, we are talking to a bunch of folks from uh, the Bay Area, and uh, what we'll hear later is that their favorite movie is Godzilla vs. The Thing. Right. And uh, so in the meantime, it's time to hear how that all went down. So... It was a very long conversation that we had, and um, I had to do a little bit of editing for this, but uh, we're just going to go ahead and start with their intros. So with me, well, uh, this is Bob Johnson, and we're coming from uh, coming to you live recorded from the Monster Garage down here in California, and uh, basically, I've been on the show a few times, so hopefully I don't have to go over too much, but uh, basically, uh, did Markline Magazine, Henshin Online. Sci-Fi Japan now with Keith Aiken, and uh, Keith and I did the audio commentary on the Terra Mechagodzilla disc, and uh, that's probably all listeners would care about. We do. We also do <laughs> Bay Area film events down here in the Bay Area, where we put on Godzilla Fest and Ultramania and a bunch of other uh, non-Japanese related film events. All right. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, top that. Next. <laughs> well, got Kevin D'Antonio, toy and model collector. What's up, Kevin? Did nothing. <laughs> AKA that, the big, the big winner, right? The yeah, I know. I'm still waiting for some of them prizes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> join the club. <laughs> it's a very exclusive club. Yes. <laughs> I haven't. All that stuff is still on my um, kitchen table. I just need to find some packaging for cds and then i can pretty much mail everything out that's funny it's hilarious <laughs> i'm sure everybody who won is like this is funny 
like, this guy is a slacker, but I, that's why I'm a podcaster. You warned us of that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a... That's right. Care. We all knew that before. Kyle was going to put his people on it, and then he realized he didn't have people. Yeah. And he actually had to do it all himself, so... Yeah. My uh, my yeah, staff put his people on it and Tiger said no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my parents when they were in town for Christmas, they totally offered to help me with that, and I was like stupid enough to go. Oh no, I got it, you guys. No big deal. I should have totally accepted that. <laughs> accepted that offer. Okay, I guess uh, my name is uh, Lauren Bush Portillo. I'm a uh, staff writer for uh, Sci-Fi Japan, and let's see, um, big Ray Harryhausen fan. So um, amongst my friends, I'm kind of like the stop-motion guru, I guess. And uh, I've contributed to uh, a few books and uh, DVDs on the subject. And I'm Barry Evans. I collect Japanese superhero uh, costumes and props, toy collector. Uh, what else do I do? You're in a band, dude! Oh, no. no. <laughs> Something of relevance. Uh, I don't know, no, man. You're a rock it. star, and that's relevant. <laughs> it's always relevant. So tell them where you get your CDs and all. No. No. <laughs> no? All right. I'll just have a link in the show notes, man. You can't stop me. That's right. <laughs> I mean, unless there's no, unless it doesn't exist. I won't talk on Twitter. Although I just noticed Bob's wearing Godzilla shoes. <laughs> I noticed that, too. There you go. Those are cool. My daughter made those for uh, I was either my birthday or Father's Day or one of those a few years ago. Nice. Nice. I just don't want to know what kind of underwear he's wearing. And now we're going to take pictures of them for the... Uh, now that they've been mentioned. Yeah, yeah. you should totally do that. Totally. Yeah. As you can see here on the podcast, I'm wearing those little things. <laughs> it's a, it's, we're making it a visual medium, people. It's a visual thing today. That's right. So Seems where like, should we start? The first thing we that I threw out there was uh, favorite non-Godzilla film. But uh, uh-huh. I think Kevin Kevin mentioned maybe talking about the uh, like what was it that drew you into uh, being a Godzilla fan. All right. Well, who'd like to start? Yeah, let's actually let's actually start with Kevin's idea first. Let's talk about like what is it that made you guys want to get into Godzilla and other giant monster related things like the Tokusatsu films and and uh, the Sentai well, heroes. I grew up basically in the same house I'm in now. <laughs> Recently moved back into it, so it all kind of started right here, and. Uh, I was always into monster movies and sci-fi stuff, and uh, I had a friend in second grade who was over here from Japan, so uh, he kind of got me into it. <clears throat> I was over at his house one time, and he's like, oh, you got to see this really cool film. It's on Channel 3 and blah, 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 and it turned out to be Godzilla versus The Thing, so I ended up watching that. That's still my favorite film, so I guess it was all downhill from there, but... We watched Guys Over to the Thing, and I was pretty much hooked since then. But even before that, uh, I was watching Ultraman on uh, KEMO TV 20 here. Kimo. Which, uh, they were one of the first ones to show it, actually, in the, in the country when it first was in syndication, which was around uh, 67, 68. And uh, you know, a lot of people think it started in the 70s, but no. No. But no, it was here in 68. So. I was watching that and then got into Godzilla. I was in kidding. That kind of shows how old we all are here. But, uh, it's okay, man. We like to date know, ourselves on this podcast all the time. So, you know, as things went on, you know, I discovered more and more Godzilla films through Creature Features with Bob Wilkins here and, and later with John Stanley. And then uh, 
going over, we used to go over to Oakland to the Fruitvale Playhouse and see uh, Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla matinees. Oh, yeah. They'd show one a month. Uh, that was back in uh, probably the late 70s. Yeah. We used to sneak over there. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to go play baseball over this way. And it's like, no, we're going to uh, Fruitvale to sneak into Oakland and <laughs> see Godzilla Yeah, movies. I mean, that was, that was a place where a lot of us saw, first saw the cinema shares, Godzilla films, like, not so much Megalon. Megalon had the wide release, but like Godzilla Monster Island and yeah. Cosmic Monster and uh, and that. Those were like the first ones we saw there. Right on. So but, long uh, history. The coolest thing about the theater, though, was the owner was willing to order stuff for us, like order lobby cards and posters and stuff. So I got like a full set of Mothra one sheets and lobby cards and all that and also for uh, I think it was Gigantus the Fire Monster and Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster just ordering through him so that was pretty cool right on so what about the rest of you guys like what what was the draw for me uh, this is Barry for me it's very similar to Bob uh, watching Ultraman when it came out watching Marine Boy um, Astro Boy and then you know later when Space Giants came out in the late 70s early 80s um and just going to Japantown, because San Francisco had a very big Japantown at that time with a lot of stores that offered books, toys, and everything you can probably get your hands on. And like Bob, in my uh, in third grade, I had a friend, because we had a Toyota plant in Fremont. I grew up in Fremont, and so we had a lot of Japanese kids in our you school. Did? And I kind of actually found out more about the non-Godzilla stuff, like Kamen Rider and some of the later Ultraman shows through him. But... Um, I think we all grew up in the same area, so all of our backgrounds and how we got into Godzilla are the same. I, my biggest memories when Megalon came out, it was advertised on creature features that we had here in Channel 2. And um, I actually met people in line for that movie. I met our mutual friend, Dennis Lancaster. I met uh, another guy, August Ragone. I, I didn't meet him, I just kind of, we were introduced to each other, but I didn't meet him for a few years later when we started talking. But um, I still have the iron-on that they gave away. Bob Wilkins, the host, gave away these Megalon iron t-shirt iron-ons. And at the theater, they were giving those away, too. And I actually still have one to this day. But I think that was my first foray. Aside from going to like, the Fruit Vale, that was my first foray into really going headlong into Godzilla. And a lot of the Japanese stuff was when Megalon came out, I think. It was the pivotal point for me. Before that, it was mostly the classic universal horror movies. And you know, famous monsters, which you always get. You know, you get Godzilla references in that too. And whatever they showed on TV, whatever was at local theaters, I always went to them. But I think Megalon for me is when that came out is when it really kind of hit home. Then Yogg and all the other movies started coming out to the theaters and wider release. So. Yeah, I used to look through all the all the newspapers and magazines and TV guides and cut out all the little pictures of Godzilla or whatever. We all did that. I still have a scrapbook of all the ads coming. This, you know. Yeah. It's going ape week with King Kong versus yeah. Godzilla. It's funny when you yeah. talk to people, everybody does, everyone, you know, because before I used to audio tape movies, like all the <laughs> Godzilla yeah. movies. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. uh, Mon- that was shows Monty Python on, for me. On, on TV. Nice. I would audio tape, it was before there was VCR, so I'd play them over and over and over to you know, relive it in my head, but I thought I was unique in doing it. I didn't realize a lot of people did that. Well, to this day, I keep thinking, I want to I want to get the audio track down from uh, Gigantus the Fire Monster and just... Edit that. I mean, that's almost like a radio play in itself because yeah. of narration on every little thing, you know. And then I saw him on the beach, and he had a <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich in his coat. You know? <laughs> every little detail is like narrated on that thing, so that'd be perfect. 
So like a radio drama. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's your next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing is that most of us uh, here are, are pretty much uh, are the same age. So you know, most of us who grew up in the Bay Area, we're all like you know the TV generation. You know, we all grew up with with uh, you know the monster weeks that used to come on TV. Uh, you know, all the TV stations that used to run those type of programs in the 70s, you know, but now, of course, everything's just different. It's all, you know, global and satellite and everything else. But back in those days, you know, I mean, you could miss, but like every week, every Saturday, you know, in the mornings, all the way up until until nighttime when we used to watch Creature Features uh, with Bob Wilkins, you know, we would be just saturated with, with that kind of stuff. So that just kind of like inbreded us to be what we are today. <laughs> it was like the Friday Night Drive-In movie and the Chiller Diller. Yeah, the Chiller Diller. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the matinee. There were like two monster different monster movies on Creature on features on. Kind of sucks feature. for me, though, because Bob was what I didn't even know Bob until later on, you know, years later. But Bob, you know, we're pretty local. Yeah. And I wish I would have known him back in those days. It would have been nice because back when I was a kid, you know, I was the so-called Godzilla expert, so to speak, but uh, when I met a lot of other people that I know that are just like far way above me, it's so funny because Bob was local and I wish I would have known him back then, but unfortunately. Well, the thing back then is, you know, you, you felt, you didn't have the internet, yeah, we're all talking like old people now. You didn't have the internet and that, so you had to, uh, I mean, I used to look through Japanese magazines and you'd find... Uh, like like uh, animag or animage and things like that, or even Uchusen, you'd have like a little fan section in the back with letters, and Japanese people would like if they wanted overseas contact, oh, yeah. they'd write their address in English. Yeah. So we'd grab whatever English you know written Japanese addresses we could find out there, and then that's how you'd start getting your pen pals in Japan, and then you'd start <laughs> trading tapes, and you know you'd be. You'd be sending over tapes of the six million dollar man and getting tapes back of like Ultraman eighty, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, so back then, you know, you would have tapes that were like maybe ninth, tenth generation because everybody was starting. And you'd like, fiend for them. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like I'm more into. I mean, I love Godzilla, but um, my first love is Sentai and Kamen Rider. Those are my two faves that I go to. But you know, Godzilla, of course, I grew up on that. But going back to what Bob was saying is, I would get like a a copy of a tape of a tape of a tape, and you know, like I said, 10th generation is kind of pink. <laughs> and you just you, all your friends are going to sit there and watch that scratchy tape. And Oh, yeah, you'd have the glitches every five minutes? Yeah. I mean, the internet's minutes. great now because it's at your fingertips, but there was, it's like the way, I guess, old people older than us talk about the radio. And, ah, TV ruined everything. It's just like the internet, the internet's great, but it also ruined some things. It ruined, you know, conventions. It personal. ruined toy shows. Yeah, it personal. ruined... Yeah, just the interaction between people. Well, yeah, you always talk about like the community part of things. Like <clears throat> when Creature Features was on, a big rating, you know, every time they got to the uh, sweeps period, which would be like in, what, March, November, May, and November, they'd always show Night Living Dead and Godzilla versus the Smog Monster because those were like their big ratings hits. So every six months, you knew there was going to be a double feature <laughs> of you know, Night Living Dead and Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. And because you weren't DVRing and time shifting and everything else. Everybody you knew that was into it was all watching it at the exact same time. And then when you went to school on Monday, everybody had watched that on Saturday night. So you'd be there on Monday. Oh, did you watch Guys Over Smog Monster on Saturday? Yeah, that was cool, blah, blah, blah. So now with DVDs and everybody watching things 
you know, I'll watch it tomorrow when I yeah. get done with it. Well, not to mention, not to mention the fact that I mean, television as a whole has changed as well. With the fact, like you, you say the you know the sweeps months and that, and it's like, does that even? I don't even know if that happens anymore, or if it's just a matter of it's like constantly sweeps month for some television network because. Like I was trying to talk to my mom about some show the other day, and she told me that it had that it had started up like a couple months ago, and I'm like, really? I have no idea when anything starts anymore because it used to be you had like two blocks, like right. the on season and the off season, that thing oh, started. Yeah. So oh, you yeah. always knew when things were starting, and now it's just like this constant flux because it's just a difference in the way that people need to be entertained, like now versus then. You know, it's just like it needs to be like constant new entertainment as opposed to like you have your off seasons where you would have other things showing like movies and that kind of thing on the networks and and so it's just it's very different now from from when it was when when it was when we were all younger yeah well yeah well you definitely that's the thing because if you were watching a tv show you'd watch it every week until quote summer and summer would be summer repeats so it would still be on right repeats and then the fall starts but now yeah you get like 10 or 11 episodes and then it disappears for like two months it's not even on the air <laughs> then it's like hopefully you read on the internet or somewhere that oh my show is coming back on next month <laughs> right like this svu show on a different night or something <laughs> well and, and everything gets um you know they're, they're all vying for how many episodes they get to get now it used to be you know very set like how long a show would be and now it's like, well, you know, we only agreed for six episodes or we agreed to do 24 or we're going to do three. And, you know, so everything is a different length now instead, which is, you know, part of what changes the, the TV seasons, I guess. But it's, yeah, uh, well, you'll see it's like season finale. It's like it just started. <laughs> We've only gone through six episodes. <laughs> they call that mid-season now. They're breaking right. up oh, yeah, seasons into two parts. And it's like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a big show. fan of the TV networks in general. No. Kyle's I'm not. a big fan. <laughs> We uh, I forgot what we, the original uh, question was for what we were writing. Oh, 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 yeah. I remember it, creature, my, whenever Creature Rage would come on, you know, the, they'd have two movies. The first movie, my mom would always uh, complain because I'd watch it with my friend on the phone and we'd comment through it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that too. Commercial. Old fashioned text. The phone would tie it up from like whatever it was like 10 o'clock <laughs> to whatever. And it was just like a norm for a Saturday. Well, when, when yeah, but you're paying for that phone call too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I used to like about um, when we used to watch Creature Features is that Bob would have um, little get-togethers across the bay, like at the uh, was it uh, the Federation Trading Post, Pre- oh, Post right. places like that. You know, so back in those days, you know, um, if you couldn't drive, you would take your know, local BART and you would go to these places and you would meet you know friends and fans and people who had interest, you know, because most of the time if you were in school, it was like maybe you or one or, a, or two other people were really into this stuff. But back in those days, it was such a new thing in the 70s that you would meet people who were just as nutty uh, as you are about this kind of stuff. And a lot of those those guys that I, I know, uh, Tony Del Grosso, Perry Wong, friends of mine I've known for, what, 30 plus years. And I met them through events like that that was set up by Bob Wilkins and Creature Features. Nice. And lots of local uh, sci-fi cons, too. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Star Trek, the regional what Star Trek conventions, a lot of them, and uh, San Francisco, a lot of them were here also. You know, yeah, which was it wasn't pretty just amazing. Star Trek. It was the yeah. other stuff. Yeah, yeah. The or sideline see somebody stuff. walking down the street and they're holding like an issue of famous monsters or monster times. Like, you're like, oh, you go up to, oh, you like that too, and then you kind of. Yep. Like the old way of networking, people stop them on the street. And talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one liquor, this one liquor store that I used to go to, I used to sneak into all the time because it was the only place that would have famous monsters in the whole area. And my mom would always ask me. She goes, she caught me one time. She goes, why are you going to that liquor store? You know, I'm like eight or, eight or nine years old. And I, I would be going there with my, my allowance. I would go in there with my allowance and I would come out with a, with the magazine tucked underneath my, uh, my jacket and everything else. And my mom would say, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I used monsters. to buy all my uh, monster mags and comic books and stuff at smoke shops. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Beast, uh, Hayward B Street. In fact, I'd be I'd be reading a comic book and it would smell like cigar. <laughs> <laughs> and I always I always kind of equated cigar smell with comic books now because it's like I sit there reading a comic book and oh smell the aroma. Bob's collection did not come from a smoke-free environment. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> smoke-filled environment. <laughs> store up from our house you know the the famous monsters and stuff were right next to the porn mags and it's like what the hell you go over there and it's, like, it's true <laughs> so, really, I'm just mom, mom can you magazine. can you get me the monster magazine please <laughs> i you know, uh, was really cool that when i when i had an opportunity to meet some of these guys we would um um instead of like meeting at uh, a lot of these events that usually uh, took place maybe uh once every three months or so we ended up just getting together at our, our houses on weekends and nighttime and we would just uh, meet like up in uh, Walnut Creek at my friend uh, Brent Baker's house. And uh, Brent, uh, from what I understand, is still in the uh, effects business as a professional. And we would meet at his house and we would watch Creature Features. We would stay over at his mom's house or in his grandmother's house and just stay up watching Creature Features all night, watching the newest Godzilla movie, whatever, just getting together, you know, and uh, having a good time. And that's the way it was back in those days. It's a little different now. Uh, it's way different. The landscape, I think the landscape has changed so much. I mean... I'm a little jealous. I think you guys are really kind of grew up a little spoiled on the whole, you know, like well, many people around you. Large Japanese population. So oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. That it was easy for us to have access to some of the things that a lot of people didn't. Like even LA is kind of, you know, LA at one time, Gardena had, um, oh, what was the name of the record store Gardena? There's uh, Pony Toy and... Uh, there's Pony Toy and... Uh, the record store was called... Uh, there's a huge uh, record store, Japanese record store. You can go down to get you know the soundtracks and stuff. Torrance ha still does have a huge uh, mall that has a lot of stuff. And they had a Mandrake toy store there. They still have toy stores and stuff there. But yeah. oh, we have a here, small we had a small pony toy uh, pony toy go around here in San Jose. I got a few uh, things down there. Comics and, and comics in, yeah, in the city. And even like Tower Records around here for a while there, they started getting in a lot of the. Japanese laser discs and CDs and things, and we were able to get a lot of soundtracks through there. And then we had a lot of places here like Cinemond and the Cinema Shop, Cinema Shop. And things yes. like that. Where and I mean, had... if I knew back then, because I used to, I would buy all the Godzilla one sheets there for like ten bucks each. You know, you could get any one sheet from a movie is like 10, 15 bucks. Yeah. You know? Cinema Shop was awesome. And now they're what hundreds of dollars. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. We I was just telling this to somebody last week how the Bay Area used to be. On the West Coast, Bay Area was the center for conventions. We had way more conventions than LA did. We had Westercon, Baycon, Timecon, Spacecon, yeah, Space Fantasy Symposium. We had the Creation Cons. We had the uh, Hayward Toy and Comic Con. We just had cons. Every two months, you knew there was going to be a convention. And we had in Japantown, we had 
comic book shops. Every city had a comic book shop and like a toy shop. And it all, I mean, I don't want to say the internet killed, but the internet kind of made it difficult for these businesses to stay alive. And so that's one thing we really kind of started losing. Yeah, if the listeners want to kind of get a feel for uh, the conventions here, there's a, there's a cool documentary out called Back to SpaceCon. NovemberFire.com. Yeah, NovemberFire.com. You can buy it there. Um, it really, it goes back, basically, they had found a lot of footage that Bob Wilkins and his crew shot at these old space cons. And uh, interviews that Bob Wilkins did with fans back then that are dressed up like Gorns and whatever. And uh, it's really amazing, and you know, for time, us, just you know, like a yeah. like a time capsule, yeah, like a visit back there. But it's a good it's a good thing to look at just to get an idea of what those conventions were like back in the '70s when they first started out, um, Star Trek and sci-fi cons and all that. Yeah, because I went to uh, quite a few of those uh, conventions. I was actually trying to look for footage of me in there. My girlfriend was laughing. She was, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I'm trying to find myself in there, man. I know I'm in there somewhere. I was in that convention. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think the first one I went to was in Oakland. I was a, I signed up as a gopher. Uh, like that was just crazy doing that. So neat. So you still need to tell how you got into all what? this stuff. Oh God, I was I was out <laughs> in the backyard digging trenches for a dirt clawed war. My mom comes out to the back window and hit, goes, "Hey, there's a dragon on TV." I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm four. I'm like, dragon. Yeah, right. Okay, whatever. So I, you know, get up, get in there. And it was the first Godzilla movie, and he just came up out of the water, and I just stood there in the middle of the living room just staring at this. I'm like, going, holy crap, it's Godzilla. What is this monster? I mean, I love dinosaurs. It's like, what is this monster? Yeah, dinosaurs. And that's when I got hooked. Dinosaurs is what hooked me. I mean, that I was. Dinosaurs. If you were to like go back in time and look at all my old drawings, it'd be like triceratops and the tyrannosaurus rex and brontosaurus back when we called them the brontosaurus and then right yeah, brontosaurus. <laughs> i mean i had a ton of those old dinosaur books when i was a kid oh, in yeah. fact that yeah. one dinosaur book that they hold up in the american version of king Kong versus godzilla and they show you know godzilla is a combination of you know the yeah. stegosaurus and and the <laughs> i've got that book still <laughs> i found it like Packed away in the basement. So I remember I've when got uh, that stash with all my Godzilla books. I remember when Smog Monster came out. I think double build with Yogg. But yeah. I remember at the starting when the kid was playing with those bull marks, pushing them down. I remember fiending to find all the bull marks that he had to start that show. Yeah. Going to Japan yeah. town to buy those. Yeah, a friend of mine in school had one, and I kept asking my parents for a Godzilla toy. And every every year at Christmas, I'd get the same dinosaur playset. It had like red cavemen and red dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, with the plastic like mat, turtle right? Trees. Yeah. What? With the plastic mat. That goes no, down no, on. no. It had a plastic ground and a metallic blue mountain that almost yeah. looked like the the Cubert cube thing that it used to jump up and down. Yes. You can put your cavemen up on that. I got that like four years in a row, <laughs> and I finally saw Channel Twenty. And I saw some, you know, just some of the ja the Japanese cartoons, and they showed a, a commercial for J-Town, Pinocchio Children's Shop. Oh, yeah. And I went running in and just screamed at my stepdad. It's like, you lied. You work in San Francisco. You said you looked at every toy store, and you could not find me a Godzilla toy. After getting slapped. <laughs> Liar. Liar. That's great. It was pretty much, you're right. And that next weekend, we went and got me some Godzilla toys. You're right, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't ever talk to your parents no, like that, no, but yes, that we, you. you know. And, you, all, and also in Japantown, there's like this little walkway, kind of little side street. That's where Fuji TV was here. They had a Gorenja poster in that window for 
20 oh, yeah. years. They just took it down like maybe five years ago, but they yeah. broadcast from there, like the Japanese news and stuff. And then Gorenja Post, I think an Ultraman, I don't remember, in the window. You walk by, you always see that. And uh, yeah, all, sun, all faded in the sun. Yeah, and Goshado Books. Remember Shiseido, the cosmetic Shiseido, store? Yeah, Fujiya. There, yeah, there was a cosmetic store, Shiseido, but if you walk through the store, the back was a huge toy room. And bought so much stuff yeah. there. Like you do. Well, that was the thing because Channel 20, after, you know, like I say, I used to watch Ultraman on Channel 20, it eventually became a foreign language station. And they were showing Kikaida yeah. yep. and Goranja and Raidin and, and uh, UFO Diapolon and Gataiga. And uh, the, the last thing they showed was, uh, was Captain Harlock. They got about halfway through Captain Harlock when they reverted back to just a regular. Uh, Regular round eye station and you know, <laughs> yeah, it was that and then that uh, the little cartoon about the monkey Kiyu-san well, Kiyu used to solve the yeah. problems for the village all the time. <laughs> oh, another thing to bring up also was the fact is that uh, Bob Wilkins also had Captain Cosmic, and they would also show Johnny Sacco episodes, you know, and um, was, well, that that was the first well, time Space, Space Giants and. Uh, Ultraman, and then uh, and that was the first Who carried time. Carried Spectre Man was that Channel? Yes, that was, yes, yeah, Spectre Man was, was also it was Channel Two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Disgrace from Space, as you would say. <laughs> yeah, Spectre Man. The other thing that was really cool about growing up and in Star Alameda, yep. there was a um, small theater that always had the Saturday matinee, and that's where I saw a majority of the Godzilla movies. The Alameda Theater. Yeah, the Alameda that's Theater on Santa Clara. It was like they had every. I mean, they showed almost every movie except for. The later seventies ones, yeah. and that's yeah. when we had to sneak into you know into Oakland to go see. That. Well, the UC theater in Berkeley was right over by the uh, it was by UC Berkeley campus, and uh, it was on University Avenue, and they had a Godzilla thon every year. Yep, and they would show like three or four Godzilla movies in an afternoon. We'd all sit down and watch. Yeah, our Bay Area TV host uh, did double duty. He did uh, the late night uh, creature features, and then he would also do his uh, Captain Cosmic uh, thing. So. Bob had a lot to do with uh, a lot of what we watched back in those days, so we're grateful to him. Yeah, yeah. even Bob, um, for not being a fan of any of that stuff. Yeah, either. Bob wasn't really a fan. I mean, it was uh, people like Bob Shaw who worked behind the scenes who helped him out, and uh, and other people were involved to uh, help him with the programming. Yeah, we you know? do sound spoiled, don't we? I know. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. Back then, you'd never think about it. It's yeah, like, I, got I, really lucky. I, I mean, it sounds awesome for sure, but it's just... You're like talking about all the conventions and uh, going to the theaters. Like they had a Godzilla like marathon every year at the at the theater. I like would kill to put on one of those every year here in in Portland. Yeah, so would we. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and and you basically thanks to you know we keep going back to creature features and Bob Wilkins, but thanks to Bob Wilkins, he would on his show every week. He'd announce, okay, coming up this week. You can see this movie at this theater. You can—they're having a Godzilla fun over here. They're, ha you know, so it, as long as you watch Creature Features, you would be up to date on what was going on, what conventions were coming up, and what shows were coming up. And uh, yeah, we uh, would just go out and just hit those like crazy. I do know how grateful I was living in California. When I was 14, 15, we had to move to Arkansas for two years because my dad was going to go into business with his brother. So I was in Arkansas for two years. And you really, really, the only thing I was able to get were magazines because they had a mall, because it's right at the University of Arkansas, um, Razorbacks, it was that uh, Fayetteville. And aside from the magazine shop, I was cut off from the world. You know, there was no internet then, and pen pals and stuff was what I relied on. But I remember just going cold turkey from a lot of that stuff. 
has been WGN in Chicago, then uh, TBS used to be called WTCG, and on Saturdays yeah, they would yep. show the Munsters and a few other, and they'd show one movie. I think it was Saturdays or Fridays, I forgot now, but I remember coming back to California, it's like going back to the land of, you know, plenty. The land of plenty. Yeah, the promised so land. Dis- it's so backwards that it was yeah, well, that's, you know, meeting a lot of people, you know, now you can meet a lot of people across the country and throughout the world through the internet, but back then, yeah, it was pen pals. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I used to be For the younger listeners, a pen pal is where you write to somebody uh, <laughs> that's right, somewhere yeah. else and they write you back. On, yeah, on a piece of paper, we on should specify. Paper. On a piece of paper, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you used to have to like write something, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, which is, yeah, and take it to the post office. We should probably clarify that an envelope is another piece of paper that actually <laughs> folds down yeah. and seals yeah, that you put other, other paper, paper in. I know it sounds crazy, but paper can back hold paper. The back end of it. Now. And then a yeah. and then a man comes to your house <laughs> and takes that letter. That sounds absurd. That's crazy talk. It's, and it's okay. He's paid to do that. It's, it's you don't have to stop him. So and inefficient. Man would come to your house and drop off a package, and it would have. Like tapes in it. Yeah, not a big smile that says Amazon. No, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and another thing, also, we used to also have the Ghoul out here syndicated too, right? Yeah, yeah. the Ghoul was syndicated out here from uh, from Cleveland for about a year or two. Yeah. So just just think so. about that in 1970s, early 1970s, you had all these creature feature type shows on. You know, KBHK had their thing on Monster Weeks, Chilla Diller Matinee. Yeah. We were just bombarded by this stuff. Oh, yeah. so. Then big time wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and then, yeah, and, and then, on, yeah, and then yep. and, I mean, the stuff became so popular, especially with Bob Wilkins, that on he ended up doing shows on Fridays and Saturday nights at one time. You know, so we, we just, we were bombarded by all this great stuff. I don't sound like a bunch of self-important jerks now. <laughs> <laughs> this week on the Kaiju Cast, we take a look into yesteryear, 1970. <laughs> There's somebody back in Arkansas now going, damn! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just feel fortunate. Honey, honey, they're mentioning Arkansas. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a bad way. In a bad in a way. In a bad, bad way. <sighs> you know what I said? Oh, no, I was going to say, well, what about your parents? I mean, did, did they care what you watched? Did they I, got, I, got a great, no. I got a great story about that. Go ahead. Well, um... My mom, my mom grew up in Oakland, and you know she grew up. You know, Oakland's always been really mixed. So she had a couple Japanese friends, a couple Chinese friends, a couple whatever. So my mom was tolerant of, you know. I love the whatevers. Great people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The they're my favorite. But I mean, it wasn't. Cause my dad was like, not that he was against it. He was just like, ah, why do you waste your time? And he always told me, yeah, when you get into the third grade, you're going to outgrow that monster stuff. And then when you get into the sixth grade, and that would all be out. <laughs> when you graduate from high school, you'll be out of that stuff. When you get married. When you retire hey. from your job. You're never going to get caught <laughs> if you have that you know, stuff. When you're on your deathbed, you're probably going to rethink like Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, my, my mom, personally, she always uh, encouraged the fact that I, I liked the, the stuff. Uh, my dad used to always tease me and call it Gunzilla all the time. And uh, there's a great story. One time, uh, late night, my dad um, would uh, go to work in the morning. And uh, I used to stay up late at night um, watching um, Creature Features. And what I would do is I would audio tape a lot of those shows. Because back then, we just didn't have the VCRs. I don't, they came out until around 76 or so. So I would audio tape these things, and sometimes they would be quite loud. And my dad came in one time screaming at me, telling me to shut that stuff off and everything else. And it was, it was pretty funny having my dad give me a hard time about it. But uh, he would always tease me about it. But, you know, hey, it kept me out of trouble. Was, so. he, was, he, was his voice captured on the audio? Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, it was. It's hysterical listening to my dad scream at me. And I was only about, uh, about 10 or 11 years old at the time. 
That's, That's pretty the best good. part, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I think I think collecting this stuff and watching did keep me out of a lot of trouble. And I remember one of my friends grew up used to get in a lot of trouble, but I always get locked in my room on Saturdays or Saturday oh, nights. Oh, yeah, I, t- I told Bob Wilkins straight up that he kept me out of trouble because I'd be like, you know, Saturday night when I'm supposed to be out, you know, causing trouble. I'm yeah. egging the neighbor's house. That's right. I'm <laughs> home watching creature features. It's like. Yeah, I used to go through movies till dawn in the mornings with the old Sourdough show. Those guys, they would have all their shows. They wouldn't be monster-related, but it was still kind of that that era when you would watch uh, TVs late until the mornings. You know, we're just part of that that TV generation where... um, you know, most of the stuff that they show now is just it's just different. It's all reality TV. I'm sick of cop stuff. shows. I'm sick of medical yeah. cop shows. <laughs> Independently owned. Although I do like psych. TV stations. Psych yes, stuff, as you know. should. Yeah, most a lot of the show, a lot of the TV that we watch. You know, I mean, we didn't have the the big cable systems that they have now. We had a lot of local shows. You know, and had a local right, flavor. Yeah. Two, four, five, seven, nine. Maybe you could get thirteen with the antenna just right. Yeah, <laughs> 30, thirty-one or thirty-six. But the good, 20. the great thing is, is that they show the stuff that we wanted to see. You know, that's the way I look at it. And it's a good way to look at it. Yes, it's kind of too bad that that just doesn't happen anymore. It's true. So I guess at some point we were supposed to get into what was it, our favorite non-Godzilla movie or something? Uh, or, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we, we're kind of talking about this. Talking about ourselves and talking about some movies. Yeah, I know. Well, we do have. I mean, basically, we've got nine minutes left until. I mean, we've been recording for thir- for half an hour for thirty-five okay. minutes essentially. We're for half an hour, so uh, we could either like continue. Because you guys got to get like you guys got to get going in ten minutes, right? I'm good. Well, we're okay. Right. For some Friday kind of sporting we're, we're, we're event, <laughs> some sort of sports ball. Tonight uh, on the Kaiju see, Cast, we interview Jocks. Right, so uh, right. Why don't we do like uh, real quick? We'll each do like our favorite Godzilla movie and our favorite non-Godzilla movie, and why? And there you go. Uh, Godzilla vs. <laughs> Things, my favorite Godzilla movie. Best design of Godzilla. Period. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I think it was just the best. I, I think that movie. I, I'm like Bob. That's kind of one of the first ones I really got into. Like that's my favorite movie. I just think the design of Godzilla was good. I thought the movie was good. I was paced. I just that just to me was the perfect Godzilla movie. Just had I don't know. It's just always been the one that I love the most. Well, maybe we can save time and agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my no, favorite yeah, non Godzilla movie. Uh, I I always go back to Creature from Black Lagoon because I think that was my most influential monster in design, too. and I think that that's the movie that hooked me liking Monsters, period. I thought it was the, just the coolest monster in the world. Uh, for me, all right, let's see. Um, favorite Godzilla movie would definitely be uh, Barry's Choice, uh, Godzilla vs. The Thing. Um, simple reason is the design of the suit. Um, I love Ifukube's score in that movie. It's just an awesome score. Um, my favorite scene in the movie is where, uh, the first scene where Godzilla's coming to the refinery and if you watch that scene where Godzilla whipping his tail up and he's throwing the radioactive fire and Ufukube's score is just blaring away, that just doesn't get any better than that as far as I'm concerned. Godzilla perfection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, non, uh, was it a non-Godzilla film? Um, I have to split two because um, I would have to say uh, the original 1933 version of King Kong. Um, that's actually my absolutely favorite film, period. And then I would say number two. Would be a big influence. Would be the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, uh, Ray Harryhausen's epic. Ooh, big fan. I'm a big fan of the Harryhausen Sinbad movies. When, they, when those came out on DVD, I was uh, I think I pre-ordered them because I was like so excited about it. 
back back in those days, I was so excited because they didn't they didn't have like video. What I would do is I would actually, and this is Godzilla versus the thing, and I still have this footage. I actually grabbed my eight millimeter camera back in those days, now, and I filmed film camera, film camera, eight millimeter, yeah, eight millimeter film camera, you know, super eight millimeter, and I would actually go to the TV set and I would film that stuff so I could watch it on the times that I wanted to watch it with no sound. That's uh, that's the, hardcore, man. The the glory well, the of thing. technology. You used to get those uh, was it the Ken films? Yep. The little yeah. eight millimeter reels. Kmart. Yeah. The one of famous <laughs> monsters you in the sound. Sandman. No sound, and yeah, you get uh, it either be like a three minute reel or an eight minute reel. Yep. And, yeah. Black and white, sometimes color. Yeah, that's another. That's a crazy. Topic. That's another thing <laughs> that you can do. Go on the back of uh, uh, um, famous monsters of Filmland. And you can order up the trailers and, and little film clips, uh, you know, from uh, from his catalog in the back. You know, a lot of fans who didn't have, uh, you know, the aspect of, of having DVD or video back in those days can be able to do those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 64 Godzilla versus Mothra, or Mothra versus Godzilla, whatever you want to say. That is probably the the pinnacle Godzilla movie. I mean, there, there's others that I like to that I enjoy watching a little more, but it's just. That's my favorite, favorite Godzilla suit design. They should just remake that Godzilla suit. It's, yeah, it's a good suit. I mean, a lot, uh, uh, the 89 Godzilla suit was really well done. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, the, Heisei, the Heisei suit is sort of, if you want, you know, a nostalgic favorite for me was the 68 suit, but yeah, I'll say, yeah, the 64 you know, Godzilla vs. Moffer suit was the best. But next to that, I would say the Heisei design yeah yeah but they they just changed that a little too much i mean the best heisei design it was like the 89 99 uh, 91 suit versions the godzilla debate is on yeah (laughs) but uh classic non-godzilla movie yeah creature from the black lagoon and then uh beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms yes my two favorite yes 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 i like the gmk suit that one's really cool too but when we went to Toho a few years ago, we got to actually see the, what the yeah. pu- was that, the animatronic puppet? Yep, was that? yeah. The rotting animatronic. Yeah. <laughs> hold it, size, yeah. hold it, smell it. Yep. Yeah. And they, they, smell they, bad. They, back in, when we went to Toho a few years ago, they actually brought us in a, a separate room um, from uh, the norm, and uh, we got to go in there, and there was a lot of uh, props uh, that Toho had kind of like hidden in there, which was really awesome because I don't think a lot of people were actually allowed to go in there. So uh, we were very fortunate to be able to do we that. Got lucky that day. Yeah, we very lucky. It was mostly Millennium props. It was there was an Orga head and uh, some GMK stuff, and uh, there was a Megaguirus in there. And pretty cool. And the Oxygen Destroyer. So let's see, we're down, we're down to the cost of the shop. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So if I uh, sit here and say Godzilla vs. the Thing is my favorite movie, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're all in consensus, but I mean, basically, not only was that the first one I saw, but I mean, everything came together in that movie, like Bush was saying, the score, the design of the suit, uh, Mothra looked great, uh, you know, she wasn't the fluffy, puffy, clean Mothra from the later films, you know, she was a dirty, matted, realistic looking Mothra. <clears throat> Just the, you know, the whole Realistic in quotations. Cast. Realistic, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, the AI was, was AIP, right? AIP, right? Yeah. It, yeah. The dub was just the dub amazing. Was perfect. Amazing too, on that. Yeah. Peter yeah. Fernandez and the yeah. whole Tetra crew. Yeah, I was going to ask about that for you guys. Like, do you prefer watching Godzilla versus the Thing as a as a dub thing, or you know, the, the original Mothra versus Godzilla? I love Godzilla watching the dub. Yeah, I like. I'm the same. I, I can watch them both yeah. and enjoy them both the same way because I like. It's nice to hear the actual soundtrack, the actual voices, and stuff, but it's also nice to still watch it and. 
you know, the way you grew up with it, you dubbed. You know, I, I saw, well, August and I um, interviewed Kieda Amamiya one time, who did like Zayram and, uh, and a few other films. Moon Over Tao. Moon Over Tao. Like that, yeah. But uh, he basically said, even though he made live action films, he preferred people to watch his movies dubbed. Hmm. Interesting. Because he's a designer. And his suits and his backgrounds and everything that he puts on film is so intricately designed that he felt if people were reading subtitles, they're missing all of his designs and all his all the work he put into the film. So he'd rather have people watch a dubbed movie and be able to take it all in. That's fair. Than, yeah. Than sit there and concentrate on subtitles. Definitely makes sense. But uh, so so Godzilla's thing we covered that. Favorite non-Godzilla film? I'm going to stick Japanese, so I'm going to say Mothra or War of the Gargantuas. I think uh, <laughs> War of the Gargantuas is just so crazy. You know, it's one one of the few times you'll see a monster like running across the countryside. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just the, the design of the Gargantuas is great. The fight is awesome, um, and then Mothra. A lot of memories with Mothra. You know, when we did Godzilla Fest, we did show Mothra on a Saturday night. We showed Mothra in, in uh, Tokyo SOS. And we had um, Hiroshi Koizumi there. We had Jerry Ito there. We had Ed Keen there, who played the mayor of Rolisica, and or of New, New Kirk City. And uh, we had like 900 people in the theater, and it was just a rocking crowd. And, you know, it was just amazing. Before the movie, everybody was crowding around the Japanese guests because we had Hiroshi Koizumi, we had Akira Kubo, and we had uh, Sutomo Kitagawa, who was the Godzilla suit actor in the Millennium series. And everybody was crowding around them. Jerry Ito wasn't getting a whole lot of uh, attention. He played Nelson, the main villain in Mothra. Well, once people went in the theater and they saw Mothra and they saw his over-the-top, eccentric, crazy performance in that film, he got swamped for autographs after the movie. He was his table was just like almost crushed with people. That's and, uh, awesome, I guess, or horrifying. I'm. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was almost crushed to death. It was amazing. Well, Jerry, Jerry was Jerry very humble. It. Yeah, Jerry did it. Though. Yeah, and yeah. you know, all of them. It's like they're surprised that people over here even know who they are, let alone know what they've done, let alone our fans. So they come over and they're very humbled by it. They're very uh, surprised and very honored by it, really. You know, they get choked up. And, you know, Akira Kubo, at the end of the show, he got up and talked to the audience and he, he got choked up. Aw. Talking about the show and how grateful he was for everyone who came out and everything. So That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was very cool. But, yeah, I think because of that, uh, Mothra was definitely, like, one of my favorites. Even though it was before then. Mainly because, you know, it's not, it's not like a monster movie. It's more like a fantasy film. Right, yeah. With a monster in it. Good like a fantasy Good film or a fairy tale. But uh, it's so different from all the other Toho monster films that uh, it really stands out. I, I look back at the 1970s of viewing a lot of uh, films uh, in the theaters. But uh, I think the best experience that I ever had was seeing War of the Gargantuas on a double bill in a drive-in theater back in those days. Wow. And I was about eight years old. I mean, I'll just never, to this day. Well, it was more like our was in Monster Zero. Yeah, Monster Zero. Exactly. Yeah. That was to, awesome. To this, yeah, to this day, that is something that I will never forget and never stop talking about. 
Kyle's crying now. I'm a little yeah, crying yeah. on the inside. Uh, crying on the inside. Yeah. We were in Japan. We actually went all over to all the sites. Atami Castle. We went Nagoya to look at the uh, the tower. We went kind of had our monster destruction tour when we were there. Well, it was funny because it got someone destroyed. <laughs> it's just funny because you fly into the airport, then you have to take a bus into uh, into Tokyo, and we're taking the bus in, and it was at night. And you looked out, and there's Tokyo Tower all lit up, and it's like it's like when you're heading down to Southern California, and you can see the Matterhorn from the freeway. <laughs> oh, it's Disneyland! <laughs> it was the same way with us. It's like we're taking this bus into Tokyo. And there's you, Tokyo Tower we're yeah, in Japan. When you really, when you think you'll really never you when, you're in Tokyo. when you think you'll never escape the grapevine, the and then suddenly there it is. Uh, we were too cheap to pay to take the elevator up to the top of Tokyo Tower. <laughs> Well, we can take the stairs. Well, the stairs <laughs> in Japan, the steps are smaller than they are here. Uh, you know, because Japanese, they, they have smaller feet. And so the steps are smaller. So there's more of them. Well, there was also a huge line, too. And, and we were old. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. yeah There's a huge line. In, By in, the time we got up to the top, we were all just like, yeah, we were just, we were just so pressed. For, yeah, you know? we were just so pressed for time. Yeah, right. Barry was just. Do, 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 yeah. Up the stairs. I've gone up those stairs. But the good thing is, is that we. Uh, good thing is, is that we. Uh, when we got uh, pretty much to the level that we wanted to notice, we also we were looking outside and we noticed a diet building. The diet wow. building, yeah. Yeah, and we're like, whoa, you know. And and of all the buildings, you know, when you're looking out on the skyline, you're like, you, uh, you know, if you're a fan of this stuff, you actually notice it. Now, if there would have been another building in front of it, we would have never seen it. So we're like, okay, how much time do we have? <laughs> You know? we gotta go to the so we said, we, so we said, okay, we're not gonna mess with any other transportation uh, uh, train station. We're just gonna take a cab and shoot on over there. Well, it's the same way with Nagoya. It's like when we were in the Nagoya Castle. You look out one window and you see this one radio tower, and that's the tower that in Godzilla versus the thing, Godzilla wraps his tail around and pulls, and it falls over on him. And it's like we looked out the window. It's like, there it is. We <laughs> walked two miles. <laughs> you can't really tell. You can't really tell how far away. You can't really judge distance. So we like, well, there it is. Let's walk over there. And yeah, it was like two, three miles. And, and mind you, we took a two and a half hour train ride to walk to Nagoya Castle. We were there for thirty minutes. Walk all the way to, to the tower and took pictures of it, and then went all the way back to this train station and went back to Tokyo. <laughs> Sounds about right. That sounds, that sounds like the kind of like the trip I took. Yeah, actually, was picked on all of our Facebook pages. I think we have photos from that trip. Yeah. Uh, so. Right on. You can look us all up. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we encourage anybody who uh, who's a big Godzilla fan uh, to at least try to make one trip to uh, Japan, Tokyo, because uh, we had an awesome time. Yeah, when I was uh, I moved to Japan for a short time in '86 uh, to '80 uh, end of '80s mid 87 I forget now and I did that whole I went everywhere with the uh, Toho with the Subaraya went to uh, Toei and I got to, I went there so many times to Subaraya and to Toei that they would just let me in I would just walk in and walk through and play with the suits and that's what really got me into collecting um, you know the Tokusatsu hero suits was just playing with them all the time and I got to wear the Taro suit and um, yeah it just made it's got me hooked Ultraman Taro, if you didn't know. Oh, oh yeah, Ultraman Taro. <laughs> I like to think because uh, the actor played him in um, not in the series, but I forgot the the movie. I think the tall guy with the well, Taro is like taller than all yeah. Well, Ultraman that was the only suit that fit me because I'm six two, and the actor who played him was six one, so it fit me. Like, hey, you want a Taro suit? I was like, oh, I just, I went with uh, um, Takahiko Mamiya, who's a writer for uh, 
for Uchu Sen, and he does a lot of series of the TV magazine books, like all the Sentai and Rider uh, books. He does all those, and I went with him, and he was, hey, you can put on the Taro suits. I put the Taro suit on, and I was running around, and it was just, couldn't contain my excitement. That's all I talked about for like a, a year when I came back from Japan, I was wearing the Taro suit, <laughs> and how funny. uncomfortable it was, and how you couldn't see or breathe. I was like starting to get claustrophobic. The eye holes were about the size of a pea, and the mouth holes a slit, and you're like, <laughs> trying to breathe, <laughs> air sucking through the eye. I can't imagine doing any stunt in that suit. Oh, especially with all the lights on you. Yeah, oh, it's it was cooking. crazy. Yeah, so Sue Bryant sent over a uh, Return of Ultraman suit when we went to uh, G Fest in Burbank. In uh, actually, it was in Hollywood at the Roosevelt. That was in 2000, I think. And uh, oh no, it was 1999. I think we had that. Anyway, we had the Return of Ultraman suit, and I was I'm the little skinny guy, so I was the only one who fit in it. So I was where I had to wear that and, and walk around in it. And it's, yeah, you just sweat. And oh man, it's even the Ultraman show we did here. They sent over an Ultraman Dyna suit, and uh, we had a stunt guy get in there. And uh, yeah, it was you wouldn't want to even smell that suit once you got out. It's just, like, <laughs> just your sweat just soaks into the suit, into the rubber and everything else. And it's a melting pot of funk. Yes. <laughs> and how do they clean that afterwards? That's what. That's what well, I They have so many of them. I think they just I, throw them I out. I watched how they cleaned it. He he opened it up, put a stick in it. They hosed it down, <laughs> and then covered the whole after it dried at the end of the day. Because I was there all day. It was uh, the TV show uh, Hikari Sentai Mask Man was premiering that night, and a lot of the guys at Subraya that I was hanging out with were stunt guys. So we watched the premiere of the show uh, that night. They had like a little. They interviewed all the stars. Anyway. So that night, the suit had dried out, and I watched them. They went out there, and they covered the whole thing in baby powder on the inside, and they just hung it back on a, back on a rack. So good as new. Good as new, <laughs> and it did smell funky. <laughs> My, I smelled really bad. I was on the train. People were like looking at me. Going, <laughs> <laughs> you smell like a Sentai warrior. And baby powder. <laughs> Stinky guy Sweat gene. rubber and baby powder. Mm. There you go. What's he been doing? Stinky <laughs> Fetish club? No, movie studio. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I had to wear a Bolton suit one time. We did a uh, <clears throat> we did a uh, thing for uh, Ultracom, which was Subaru's Hollywood office there for a little while in the early '90s. And they wanted Bolton to fight Ultraman on the stage at this at the Shrine Auditorium and they recruited me to be Bolton and uh, yeah that suit was just the 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 head I guess you know I got this long pointy nose and it's like the head was made for Japanese people with a little stubby nose and my nose was crushed in that thing the whole time I was doing it it was just crazy all right well thank you guys so much for joining us and uh, sharing your history in uh, you know what what turned you on to Godzilla and um, tell us a little bit about uh, just drop some some lines here on where people can can connect with you well for me uh best places would be to uh check out uh sci-fi and uh, a little more personally would be uh bayareafilmevents.com or our facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash bayareafilmevents and if anyone is local to the san francisco bay area they can see the films and movies and things we have coming up, like a psychotronic show at the end of the month here, and uh, we've got a Stooges festival coming up in uh, in March, and then a Three very Stooges. special surprise coming up in June. So we can't quite reveal that yet. Probably in the next month or so. Yes. Bob doing burlesque. 
That's right. Oh, no. Skip me. No one wants to talk to me. Uh, I guess I'm next. Um, pretty much, uh, you know, like I said, Sci-Fi Japan. Um, go check out the site. Um, as far as me is concerned, if you want to get a hold of me somehow, I'm on Facebook. Just punch me under Lauren Portillo. And uh, if I know you or if you want to send me a message or so on, just go ahead and go for it. And if I don't answer back, don't take it personal. <laughs> take it personally. That's, 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 that's a good, yeah, that, that's a good policy. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Barry138. It's a B-A-R-R-I-E 138. Yeah, personal, I guess personal Facebook would be uh, B-I-G-K-N-I-F, Big Kniff. So... You can, can just find your buddy. I think mine's under stop motion. You know how many animation. Bob Johnsons there are on yeah. Facebook? <laughs> I mean, it's well. Facebook stop motion animation. I think that's yeah, what whatever. It is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If anyone ever wants to ask anything about models or toys, I mean, I guess they can find me at Kevin D'Antonio on Facebook. Kevin's the man. Right on. Well, thank you guys again for yeah. for joining us, and uh, I, I will probably have you back on sometime to do this all again. Yeah, well, we had, <laughs> we had a great time. We'll do it real next time. We had a great time. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a lot of fun talking to those guys. Yeah, They're it's uh, good peoples. It's true. It's that it's that fun small world thing of uh, I, I I love I love the Bay. I love hearing the stories of the Bay Area. Warms my heart. I can't believe that they had so much going on in when they were growing up in in Godzilla. It's it's a weird give and take because now kids today have the internet where they didn't have today. that before. Kids today. Hey, internet, get off my lawn. Exactly. I was about to make a get off my lawn reference, but you beat me to it, Heather. Uh, We'll have links in the show notes to all of their respective pages where you can uh, check up on all of those guys. We'll keep the show moving, though, and we'll go into the Kaiju Cast Godzilla News. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. And, uh, of course, we don't have a lot of news to cover this uh, no. this month. The biggest and, you know, of course, the best thing to talk about is yeah. the Criterion Collection release of the original Godzilla film. Which, which, in effect, makes this a huge month for news, really. I mean, that's... One gigantic news, news. item. news! Um, if you're a Godzilla fan and City you haven't... Ordered the Blu-ray or the DVD, depending on what your uh, media consumption device is. Player of choice. Uh, I highly suggest you do that because Criterion they make the best sort of presentations. They usually treat their treat their materials extremely extremely well. It's kind of what they do. Um, it's what they're yeah. It is exactly what they do. It's what they're known for. And um, I mean, people talk about. You know, a company like Anchor Bay or a company like uh, Mill Creek Entertainment who just released those Gamera movies and it's like, oh my gosh, they included extra material. That is incredible. I'm so glad they did that because normally they're just bare bone releases, releases, but um, that's not how Criterion Collection stuff works. It's basically they get as much stuff as they can possibly throw into um, one of their releases and they just, I mean, it's usually top quality stuff. I think that's a, I saw the I saw the Seven Samurai. The first time I saw them was so. First time I saw the Seven Samurai was a Criterion Collection uh, VHS, I guess, and it was it was awesome. And I know they put out laser discs back in the day. Uh, anyway, they've got a whole bunch of cool stuff about that. I'm not going to go into all of what's going to be included on the on the discs, but 
for a very complete sort of breakdown of that, there are a couple of uh, articles on sci-fi-japan.com that you can go check out. Specifically, there's an interview um, with the, the guy who sort of spearheaded the, the release from Criterion uh, that Keith Aiken performed that interview. Obviously, my brain is scrambled right now because I'm having the worst time with words. Words is hard. Words is hard. And, you know, I'll have a link in the show notes to that article and maybe the other one as well. Uh, and then there's some, there's a weird sort of, um, I've, I've got it written up on the board in quotation marks, packaging fiasco. Uh, uh, several fans are up in arms about uh, the internal packaging for this for this release. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I personally, I'm just more excited to have a legitimate, like good quality release, but I, I understand that some fans are upset that the inside of this uh, has artwork that depicts the Millennium style Godzilla from Tokyo SOS instead of the original Godzilla. Um, some people are saying it's kind of like a slap in the face. It's like putting out a DVD of Dr. No and, in, and including a picture of uh, the new Daniel Jan- Craig, Daniel Craig on the cover or something like yeah. that. It's, it's pretty strange and it makes me wonder. I mean, I haven't, read if there's any sort of you know responses to this uproar but it it strikes me as you know did they did they did they know what they were doing and thought that it was awesome or did they not realize what they were picking and they were just like this is a great image of godzilla let's use this one well i i know that what happened was it's a there's an artist named bill sinkovich and he's a comic book artist and he got hired to do the interior and the exterior artwork for this and that's what he used. I mean, it's not just blah, a photo of the 2004, 2003 Godzilla. It's a, it's, you know, it's a, in a sense, in essence, it's sort of a, either a digital piece of work or it's a painting of, uh, of Godzilla and he's destroying a whole bunch of stuff. So there's like uh, wreckage all around him. It's very, I think it's very cool. Not to mention they're doing this thing that when you open up the, the cardboard for it, it's got like sort of like a little pop-up sort of thing going I, I, on. I was all excited. I thought you were going to say it had like an audio bite and you get like Godzilla roaring at you when you open the package up. <laughs> no, unfortunately. <laughs> make Sorry, that happen. Heather. Sorry, Heather. Uh, make it happen? Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can make that happen. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to make it happen. Like, I think maybe like right now, I'll just make it happen. Thank you, Kyle. Ha ha ha. Anyway, uh, so yeah, some people are, are, are kind of upset about that. So I'll have a link in the show notes to something, uh, an article, I think, on Crunchyroll, where you can check that out. And we, we would be curious what your opinions are if uh, on that. Mine? Um, no, no, no. Oh, oh the listeners. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at you because you're across the table from me, but I'm speaking. You're speaking to the listeners. To the listeners, yeah. Again, it's not a visual format. Kind True. Of True. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you guys, you know, how do you guys feel about that? Is that something that, that bothers you? Do you agree that it's a slap in the face to the uh, creators of the original Godzilla movie or are you just more excited to have it on uh, as a release in general I'll post that up on the Facebook page I think and then last but not least as far as news goes Godzilla Legends number three came out uh, a couple of weeks ago and it's a very cool uh, very cool book I am not going to get to any get through any spoilers if you have not read it Definitely, you should be picking it up. The Legends, as, as we've discussed on the show this uh, many times, the Legends series is a—they're uh, each one-shot issues. Um, 
my review would be that I actually am more interested in what happened, what was going to happen after the end of this issue in the story. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but like basically a whole bunch of things happen. Uh, I will tell you that the, the uh, issue has to do with Titanosaurus and um, that's about as far as I'm going to go with, with uh, like sharing the information and spoiler alerts kind of stuff. But uh, I'm, it was an enjoyable issue and a good read, but I almost want to see issue two of of that story, like the second installment. But uh, the next one, the next issue is number four, obviously, and that is going to have Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, and Hedorah, written by Chris Mowry, listener of the Kaiju Cast and letterer for IDW Publishing. Very cool. Very good story. Very good story. So make sure you pick that up as well. And that pretty much does it for our our news for Godzilla stuff. We do have some local events yes. that we like to talk about, like we do. Uh, on the 18th of this month, the Double Clicks are going to be playing at Backspace. And uh, that is also going to be uh, the same night before the Double Clicks performance. A PGC3 meeting is going to be happening there. So if you're a local and you are a geek and you want are interested in joining the PGC3, that might be a good time to come out and meet some of the members. It's sort of a laid back it's not a meeting so much as just a gathering and uh, people getting together to drink a few brews and um, talk shop meet the uh, board members as it were secondly uh on the 21st the Mythbusters are having their um behind, behind the, the myths yeah, tour behind the myths it sounds really cool um but it's at the keller auditorium and um it's a bit pricey for me so i'm not going to that i'm <laughs> i'm i'm still i'm still debating on trying to trying to track down some tickets i know they just they uh, i i believe the first show was sold out but they have added a matinee to the portland to the portland tour because of the demand which is fantastic we're uh, we're big big fans apparently up here and uh yes so i'm i'm still debating which i guess justin doesn't know that i'm still debating but uh but i would really i would really love to go to this so you know justin if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude Hook, hook your lady up, man. That's right. That's what I would say. Oh, and it looks like they might not actually be sold out of those tickets. So uh, if you're interested in seeing the Mythbusters perform their uh, presentation live, I, I have heard that there will be no blowing things up. So just an FYI. I've 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 heard it referred to as a um a uh, like a no I'm no just no that's not no not not appropriate. just gone okay yeah it was uh, gone and then maybe not. 100% appropriate. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we've got a, we've, we don't have much time left on the it was show, like but <laughs> school assembly from hell or something okay, like that. Now it's come back, come back to me, but <laughs> so, and then, uh, on the 24th of this month, another installment of geek trivia presented by things from another world at the Kennedy school. We did very, um, poorly. Well, we didn't do very poorly. We didn't, yeah. we didn't, we, we didn't, didn't do great. In we this didn't last place, one. but we were right there in, in the running in in round one round two round two is brutal no i actually i actually i actually suggested that we may just why don't we all just stand up on our chairs drop our clipboard to the floor and walk out of the room because it was it was kind of painful especially after that uh um law and order question oh don't get me started on the law and order i totally agreed with those people behind us see now i did it was like it was like housewife geek trivia that see okay and i'm gonna take i'm i'm gonna take some some contention with that but it's uh 
no, like I think it's I think it's funny to watch geeks argue about what qualifies as geeky because, you know, they always believe that their geeky love is the geekiest love of them all. Um and or, you know, maybe maybe that's maybe not always the way, but you know. Is that a reference to the Catherine Dunn book, Geek it's, Love? Good job. There Even you if go. It isn't, good there job. There you go. But it's uh but no, it's you know, it's one of those things where um you know, people are going, Well, how's Law and Order geeky? And I and I think I I I stood up for it as it. I mean, mind you, I like Law and Order, but uh Chen Chen. Chen Chen. <laughs> but uh but it's you know, it's I mean, one, the actor has done a lot of different work, and two, it's it's you know, t- you can absolutely be a TV geek. You can absolutely be a TV. Sure. There's well, sure you can, obviously. right? So that was a TV geek question. That was okay. You know your TV. Tell us, tell us about this guy. Yeah, and I don't need to sit here and complain about the whole second round. That's not my point, really. But uh, uh, so let's move on. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, that that pretty much wraps up the local events. I'm sure there's some stuff that I'm missing out there. And um, you know, if you're if you're local and in the area and you want to check out any of these, I'll of course have links in the show notes to those respective pages as well. Uh, last but not least, before we sort of close the show out, I do want to thank all the winners from our live show for their patience. I have been a total lame sauce guy about setting out your stuff. Uh, things got really busy uh, with me towards the end of December with my parents in town for, for the Christmas holidays. But everything is on my table and I am just about ready to send it out. I just have to find a couple little packaging pieces uh, and then I will take it all to the post office and all your prizes will be whisked away by those magical mailmen. And, um, yeah. Postal carriers. Post, uh, sure. They're not, they're not all men. This is true. <laughs> male, male people. Uh, and then, um, also I wanted to mention that if, uh, if you want to take part in this month's Daikaiju discussion, uh, you need to get your thoughts, questions, and reviews, AKA your homework, in quotation marks. You made air quotes. You Tur- can't see them. It's true. Uh, turned in by January 22nd if you want to be included in the show because uh, the last week of the month is short. It's only like three days. And so I need those a little bit earlier. And then, of course, I'm going to be gone that actual last weekend. Snowboarding, man. It's a big snowboarding trip for me, man. Uh, so, yeah, the movie of the month is Godzilla, Mothra, Mechagodzilla, Tokyo SOS, a fantastic film. And uh, I look forward to anything you guys have to say about that. Bam. So if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory... And you want to fill your eye sockets with pretty much everything that is awesome about the KaijuCast, make sure you point your web browser to kaijucast.com, uh, where you can see all of our all of our shows, all of our, our blog postings. Uh, you can't vote in a poll right now because I took that down. Uh, there are also links to the Twitter page and the, uh, the Facebook page. A lot of discussion does happen on the Facebook page. Uh, and I'm trying to use Twitter more. I'm just so terrible at it. Uh, <clears throat> but don't don't take that as an opportunity to not follow us or like us on either of those two pages because um, we're just so fantastic that way. And uh, uh, you can also on the website look at the list of all the Daikaiju discussion movies and see the schedule because it's up there, man. It's up there. Mm, if you have any thoughts or questions or you know just kind of you want to shoot me an email, 
you can send that to controller at kaijucast.com. If you're submitting your homework for the Daikaiju Discussions, make sure your subject actually says Daikaiju Discussions in it. Um, That makes it a lot easier for me to find that stuff when it's time to start compiling your uh, submissions. You can also follow us on the Twitter at uh, KaijuCast, at KaijuCast, I suppose. And uh, I'm at Joker's Girl. Oh, yeah. If you if you'd like to do that sort of thing, you know thing. what we have to do? We have to do uh, we have to edit the about page and get you and Jeff on the about page. That's Deal. a that's a that's a task on the task list. Um, we are going to be like I said, recording the Daikaiju discussion sometime during the full uh, week, the last full week of January. Uh, so I will be posting links to that when those when that episode goes up. Uh, in the meantime, I think it's time to just kill this episode at the end of the uh of the recording here and we're going to play something from tokyo sos this is called the diet building see you guys next month <sighs> that's not true see you guys later this month Blech. see my brain is fried today and uh as we usually say here at the kaiju cast when we sign off jamata. Mm-hmm.